Welcome to the Grace Chapel Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged and built up in your faith as we dive into God's Word together. Enjoy the message. This is the Bible. This is a series we've been in for four weeks now, and uh, we're so excited to teach this series. Our, Our goal for this series was to really get you to fall in love with the Word of God, uh, get you meditating and, and, and staying in the Scriptures. Um, if you would turn with me, uh, we, we hope you have the Word of God with you, however you, you turn. Let's turn to Psalm 19. This is our, our bounce verse. This is the verse we're starting with, but we're going to jump from it. Psalm 19, we're looking at verse 7 and 8. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And here's our text today. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightening the eyes. The word of God is everything to the believer. It is is all that is necessary for life and godliness. The Word of God is all that we we need. It's not a secondary matter. It's it's primary. It it takes priority in our lives. It's it's necessary. You need the Word of God. It is not peripheral. It, it It is the main thing. It's not a theme of the Christian life. Without it, you cannot live the Christian life. You need the Word of God. It stands miles above all things in importance, in value, in weight, in concern, and in power. All things. It is crucial to life. It is key to peace. It is essential for direction. The Word of God is necessary. You need the Word of God. Every other book or word that would try and share truth amounts to nothing more than sheer guesswork. Every lofty opinion, every scientific find, every religious revelation, every political statement, every philosophical word salad amounts to nothing. All immeasurably fall short of the glory of God. They basically, all they have is a shot in the dark. Every other source of information is just a theoretical shot in the dark. The law of the Lord is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The precepts of the Lord are right. You need the Word of God. You need it. I'm going to give you just a few scriptures. We're going to go through these kind of quickly, and I want to to share with you what the Word of God is is symbolic of in the Bible. Uh, we find this, that it's, it's, it's like precious metals. It's, it's, it has immeasurable value. Psalm 19.10, the very psalm we're looking at, it says this, they are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Psalm 119.127 says, therefore I love your commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. It is greater than riches, but it is compared to the most valuable of gems. 
It is immeasurable in its value. The word is also compared to seed in the Bible. The word is like seed. It grows and it produces fruit in our lives. If you go to Matthew 13, we'll, we'll look at verse 18. This is Jesus telling his disciples and teaching them about a parable he told. The parable of the sower. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of God the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one to whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Verse 23 says, And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. The apostle Peter 1 Peter 1, 23 says, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring Word of God. It is like seed. The Word of God is also like water. It, it cleanses us. We, we see this by the Apostle uh, Paul. He actually shares this in Ephesians 5, 5, verse 25. He says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the Word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless. John chapter 17, verse 17, it's the high priestly prayer where Jesus is praying for his disciples. Here he says something similar. He says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is also like a mirror. In James 1, verse 22 through 25, it says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, and once he has looked at himself, has gone away, and has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. This is an example, you guys have all done this, where you look in the mirror for a purpose. You want to see what's going on. You want to see if there's some problems, right? You guys do this, you go in the mirror, and you look, and if your hair's all out of whack, you fix it, right? What, what he's saying here. He's, you're looking in a mirror, you see the issue. Because the Bible actually tells us, it gives us, we can examine ourselves as we read the Word and we see how, how different we are from the Word. We can examine ourselves and what we see. The Bible is claiming that if we listen to the Word of God and don't do it, it's the same as if we see the issue and don't do anything about it. And we just walk away. The Bible is like a mirror. You can examine 
is for self-examination. It is also like food. It, it nourishes our, our souls. 1 Corinthians 3.2, Paul gives a, a negative connotation. He says, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you are not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. Paul, Paul was telling the, the Corinthian church, hey, you're not even able to receive the solid food yet. I've only been preaching the word of God to you, but, but the little things. He's, he's talking about it like it's food, like it's something to drink. Peter says something similar in 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. He says, therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. He's saying like a baby longs for its mother's milk, pure milk, that's the same way we are to long, earnestly desire the word of God. It nourishes our souls. Deuteronomy 8.3, Moses is preaching to the children of Israel and he says this, He, God, humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Jesus used this in defense when he was in the wilderness, right? When, when temptation came, when Satan came to tempt him, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It nourishes our souls. It's necessary for life. Hebrews 5.12, it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. We, we need to move on from, from milk and we must get the meat of the word. Psalms 19.10, the very psalm we're looking at this morning, it's, it compares the word of God to honey, sweeter also that honey and the drippings of the honeycomb, it's, it's like food. It nourishes our, our souls. It's also like clothing. We are to be dressed in it. Titus 2.10, it says this, not pilfering but showing all good faith so that they will adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior in every respect. You are to put on... Scripture, you are to adorn yourselves with the doctrines. That means your way of living... You do it through the Word of God. When you wake up, you put on clothes. The same way you put on clothes is the same way we put on the Word. We are equipped, right? Some of you do this already with the, with the armor of God, right? Chapter 6 in Ephesians, what do you do? You, you read the armor of God. You put it on in the morning. Well, the same way you are to be adorned in Scripture. It is also like a sword. Speaking of the armor of God, Ephesians six seventeen. It says, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's how we fight. It's how we defend ourselves. It's also how we fight inwardly and outwardly, whether it be something that we're wrestling with ourselves or temptation outside of us. Hebrews tells us something like this. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, 
of both joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The Word of God is, every, I don't know if you noticed, but that, was, that literally covers everything. It covers how you should wake up, what you should put in, what you should put on. How you live is determined by the Word of God. It's everything to the believer. It's necessary to the believer. Today in our text, it's compared to something like, like a light. Let's look back at Psalm 19. It says, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. I'm going to divide up this text into three parts. And then I'm going to share some final thoughts and we'll get out of here, okay? Don't fall asleep on me. Some of you, I think, are already sleeping. <laughs> My first heading for you is the source of the word. The source of the word. Look at it. It says, the commandment of the Lord. Each section in this verse, it's the precepts of the Lord. It's the testimony of the Lord. It's the commandments of the Lord. It's the law of the Lord. It's necessary to understand its source because there is value in words and that value is determined by its source. For example, if I were to just be walking out in public and someone, some stranger came up to me and said, I do not like your clothing. I would look at them and I'd say, I do not care. <laughs> Did you buy them? You know, like, this is, these are mine. They, it, it, would hold no, it would hold no weight. However, if my wife were to tell me after I had put on my, my fit for the day, and my wife told me, hey, I don't like what you're wearing. Burn it. And, and if I were to hear that, the, how many know there's more weight yes. on those words that is determined by its source? Or, or maybe I'm walking with my kids and, and, and we go shopping with our children and they're, they're fun. If you've, if you've ever shopped with small children, it is a blast. You know, they're grabbing things, they're breaking things. And so when we were out in public, imagine if a stranger had walked up to me and because of the annoyance, they walked up to me and were, were just like, you need to leave. How many know I would be like, uh, no, I don't know who you are. What, who, who are you? Like, that it wouldn't work. You can't get me out of the store. However, if a manager came to me and had three or four armed police officers with badges, and they came to me and they said, hey, uh, you need to leave the store, I would be like, yes, uh, yes, sir. You got it. I'll see you. Well, babe, we're going to go find another store, right? We need to leave this one. The, the, the point is this, there is authority in those words because of the source of those words. Amen. When you recognize the source of the word of God, that the commandments of God, these are not man's opinions collected over thousands of years. This is the very word of God. You need to understand that these are the words of God. When you consider the source of the word delivered, you can determine its value. When you understand that the word is inspired, breathed out, spoken, given, commanded by someone with infinite more value and infinite more authority than my spouse or any police officer or any human authority, you understand this, that the word carries weight. Yes. It's weighty. There's more authority in it. We need to get this. We need to understand that this, 
this book, these scriptures, are the word of God commanded by God. We are not to have problem scriptures. I, I can say it like this. You, if, you, if there is somewhere in the scriptures, I, I don't know who I'm going to offend. If there, are, if there is something in the scriptures that your mind, your heart have a problem with, you have the problem, not the word of God. We stand under it. We don't stand and judge over it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you are to be governed by the word of God. We are His. We are to be governed by, by his, his Word. The words of the prophets of the Old Testament carried scriptural weight because the Word of the Lord came to them. The apostles had authority because they were given divine inspiration by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself in John 12, 49 says, For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. The word of God is divine in all parts. It is the word of God. And, and I could say this, the word of God is the will of God revealed. You, if you grasp this, you won't, be, you won't be grasping at straws, at situations and circumstances that come your way, but you will go directly to the Word. Because in the Word is your way. In the Word is your path. The Word of God is the will of God revealed in all parts divine and inspired. 2 Timothy, one of the verses we've been looking at continuously, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is inspired by who? By God. It is inspired by God. The law of Moses, though it is called the law of Moses, where did Moses get the law? By God. The authority came from God. The, the, Moses was great. Moses was fantastic. But the authority that he was adorned with was only there because he was carrying the word of God. The words of the prophets all started with, and the word of the Lord came to, insert prophet name here. Do you understand? The word of God is the source. These, these are not man's opinions. These are not myths and legends. This, this is not a buffet style where you can kind of pick and choose what you like and don't like. This is the Bible. This is God's word fully inspired in all parts. And where you differ, where you differ from Scripture, you are in rebellion or sin. I am sorry. Where you differ in your head or in your mind with Scripture, it is not the Scripture that has the issue. It is you. The Bible is designed to govern God's people. And if we are to understand that it is in fact God's word, and if it is his word, because it is, but if it is, it is authentic, it is pure, it's necessary. And, and, and the second heading I have for you is its purity. Let's look at the purity of the word. It says in Psalm 19:8, the commandment of the Lord is pure, which means it's perfect, it's sure. 
It's right. It's pure. It means that it's genuine. It's authentic. It means that it's clean, unstained, untampered with. Uh, The world will preach an idea that the Bible has been tampered with. It's been stained by human hands. I won't read it because humans wrote it. Did you know that out of all the books that have been written over the ages, did you know that they were all written by people? Everybody believes the other ones. What's so difficult about this one? This one's inspired. God put this one together. It is, it, it is, there's no error. There's no pollution. And once again, where you differ, you're wrong. And why would it be any different? Why wouldn't it be pure? Why wouldn't it be perfect? Because it, it's, its authenticity simply reflects its author. Its author is perfect. We have no issue with this. Its author is perfect, unstained, holy, sanctified. Why would the Holy Bible be any different? This is his word. This is what he's given to us for for, for nourishment, to live our lives out of. Its authenticity simply reflects its author. Did you know that the word of God is so pure and so sufficient? That if you didn't hear another word from God until heaven, you would have everything you need to live a life of godliness in the Christian walk. You need to understand the word of God was given to you. There was no other, we're the only generation, we're about two generations, three generations in where we have access to what we have access to. Do you recognize that throughout church history, for thousands of years, they did not have what we have? They could not just read the text. They didn't have options. They had to rely on scholars. They had to rely on others. You know that you, just anybody, can access the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic manuscript. You have access to, to the Word of God in its purest form, the way it was written. We have access to all these things. We can listen to it. We can, do you understand, you can actually, the Bible was designed, the Hebrew Bible was actually designed to be read to you, and you can actually just press play? That's incredible. You want to live a pure life, a holy life, a sanctified life? The Christian life, you can write this down, is only lived out Because the pure word is put in. You cannot do it outside of the word of God. You won't. And if you want to live a pure life, a holy and sanctified life, and you should, you should want to, because we're commanded to. We're commanded to be holy just as he is holy. You let the pure and holy and sanctified word of God be put in you. The truth of who he is get it put in you. And you watch as your life will actually be transformed. You see, as the Word of God does what the Word of God does, it transforms lives. It purifies us. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your Word. This idea of keeping, it means to guard it, protect it, hold it. You actually put a garrison around it, defend it, work, put effort into keeping it. It's It's not going to happen passively. The Word of God will not get in you passively. You can come to a Sunday service, but a casual Sunday reading is not going to transform 
your life. The Word of God must be meditated on and chewed on. And the, the way the world talks about meditation, the world talks about meditation as, as a way of emptying the mind. You sit and you, you, you have to become void between the ears. That's the way the world speaks of meditation. And somehow, you know, you do this and you hum and you float or something. But the Christian way of meditation is not the emptiness of a head. The Christian way of meditating is actually filling. We fill our heads. We don't empty our heads to be filled with something, something else. We, we actually sit there and we, we put the Word of God in, and as the Word of God is put in, it actually cleanses the heart. This Word is, is pure, but it's also been tested and tried. That Word doesn't just simply mean that it's, it's genuine, but it also means that it's been tested. Psalm 12, 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace, on the earth refined seven times. Meaning it's, it's, it's been tested, it's been true, it's been tried. People through generations, thousands of years, have actually walked this thing out. And they've been blessed. And you can actually look through your, your scriptures and find how people have walked and they've heard the voice of the Lord and followed suit and their life was blessed. They were blessed. It's been tested and it's been refined. And it's obedience to the word that leads to blessings of life. You want a, a fulfilled life, you keep the pure commandments on the forefront of your mind. Joshua was told to keep it in the same way. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This is Joshua 1.8. He says, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. This doesn't mean you'll have a lot of money. This doesn't mean that you'll be blessed with, with just you know, riches and cars and this. It means that your way will be prosperous. There will be fruit in your life. You will see as you follow his commands, as you follow him, you'll see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And, and your way will be prosperous according to the Lord. And you'll have success in your life and the way the Lord sees success. See, you see, we are God's children. Uh, we are a new nation. We're his, we're his nation. We're not a lawless nation. God did not save a new nation, make a new people and give them no laws and let them be wild and run amok. No, no, we are a nation that was saved, but we have, we have been given His Word. We are a people that are governed by His Word. And it's not to live an obstructed life. We are not governed so that we just, oh, I'm, I'm not going to curse over here, and I'm not going to drink over here, and I'm not going to go to the party over That's not the point. The point is that you would reflect Jesus, that you would begin to look more and more like Christ, you wouldn't live an obstructed life, but you would live an actually abundant life. Something that is filled with the fruit of the Spirit. It's for our benefit. It's to guide our lives. It's to direct our paths, which leads to our final heading for you. Number three, the results of the Word. It says in Psalm 19:8, it says, The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. This word enlighten, it, it means to give light, to shed light on, on something. It's actually, the word picture there is like the sunrise. Just the same way the sun rises and brings light to everything. It, it's not a small path that's lit up. 
the, when the word of God, when you, when you are, are meditating and chewing and staying in the word of God, it is not, it is not just this tiny little path that, that's exposed. The, the whole life is, is open. Your whole life is exposed, meaning you know what to do next. Any situation that occurs, it's exposed. You know it because you've been chewing on the word of God. You know what to do next. You know your next move. You know where to put your foot. The same word is actually used in Genesis 1.14. Look at verse 15. It says, and let them be for lights, talking about the, the stars and, and the expanse and the sun. It says, and let them be for light in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. The word of God is that which gives light to your world. You, you want to know the will of God? Get in the word of God. As you stay in the Word, as you meditate on the Word, as you chew on Scripture, as it's, as it's on your mirror, as it's in your car, wherever it may be, put it somewhere, get it in front of you, your life will be open. And the situations that come at you, the circumstances that come, you will know because it's in your head. The Word of God will be ingested. It'll be present. It brings light to us. It's, where the world is darkened, the Christian armed with the word of God can see clearly. We are not confused with, when it comes to political issues. We are not unaware of the next move. When we are hit with catastrophe, we can see all things. We, we know how the world started. Where, where the world stumbles at the origins of the universe, we are sure that the beginning was actually given to us by God. God said it, and therefore it was. Where the world wonders at the future and, and hoping, wonder, they wonder what's going to happen next, we know exactly what is going to happen. We know the King, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is coming. Where the world is trying to find out what gender they are, whether they are male or female or something in between, we understand that God created both male and female, and he made them in his image. Where the world is wrestling with morality and justice and truth, we are sure of the Creator's laws and His code of conduct. We know His will because we have His Word. Where they are in the dark, we bring the light. We're not to just look at them and be like, wow, they're just all in the dark. That's not the point. We have the light of the world. And as we go out, we, we light the world. Uh, Proverbs 6.23 says, for the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is a light, and reproofs for discipline are the way of life. His word is our next step. You, you need his word. If you want to know what the next move is, what the next step is, you need his word. His word is how we have direction. Psalms 119, 105, you knew I was going here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That means you, you hold it out in front of you and it lights, it lights up. You know where to step. You know where to go. The word illuminates our paths. We stand in its rays. We live governed, just like the sun governs the day, we live governed by Scripture. We let it, we let it shine on all of our lives. Not, sun, not Sunday only. We let the Word of God actually govern our entire life. Your family life, your, your work life, your, your relationships, 
You allow it to, if you're a, a person of God, we are the people of God, and therefore we listen to God. We must be governed by the Word of God. It doesn't just illuminate. It's not designed to illuminate our physical eyes. Understand, he's talking about something spiritual, giving spiritual direction to us. Paul said something similar in Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 17, looking at verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. We, we don't see with, with our eyes. We understand this scientifically, right? You, you, your eyes are like a window. They, they take in the information, but we really see with our minds, with our brain. Our brain does the processing. And when we, when we actually are renewed in the Word of God, it really changes the mind. And, and therefore, that's what Paul and, and, and the writer of Psalms is talking about when we have our, our hearts enlightened, our eyes are enlightened. We see all things. Everything is, is, is perceived. And when we renew our mind in the Word of God, it changes our perceptions. You need the Word of God. We let it govern our lives. A life filled with the Word of God is a life lived in the will of God. You want to know the will of God, you get in your Word. You, you chew on the Word. You live in the Word. You adorn yourself in the Word. You eat the Word. This is, you bathe in the Word. You, you cleanse yourself in the Word. This is your nourishment. It's your milk. It's your meat. It's everything you need. It's the bread. It's everything that you need. And, and I'm going to come to a close here. So, it's okay. You need the Word of God. It is not a peripheral matter. It's not a, it's not a theme of the Christian life. It's, it's everything. Without this, you would have no information on how to be born again. You need the Word of God. When you consider the source... When you, when, you, when you look at its purity, when you see the results of the Word of God, it illuminates your life, you won't put it off. You won't set it aside. You, you'll have a Bible at arm's length everywhere you are. All of us keep our phones with us. All the time. Everywhere. You have a Bible at arm's length all the time. It's, it's not just good messages and good teachings and positive thinking. It's our food. If you are born again, it's actually how you live. The Bible must be primary in our lives. The Bible must have priority in our lives. The Bible is like a, a perfectly cut diamond, a beautiful gem that you can just keep turning it. And, and every angle you see something new, every angle you, you're, you're gleaming something from the Bible, you're extracting new life and fresh, fresh revelation of what you're to do. You, you get it from the Bible, and as you look at it, the longer you examine it, the more you get out of it. The more you meditate on it, the more you benefit from it. 
And each characteristic comes to light. And, and did you know that the Word of God really shares most, if not all, attributes with Christ? Did you know that He was the Word of God, right? John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Christ is the word of God personified. It was him who said he was the bread of life. It was Christ who said he was the light, he was the good shepherd, he was our guide, he was our direction. When, when you open the pages of scripture, you're, you're speaking with your Savior. When you open the Bible, you are face to face with Jesus. We need to get this because this is how you're going to know him. This is how we're going to know our Savior in the end. And he sees us and he says, I know you. We don't want to hear those words that say, depart from me. I never, I never knew you. We want to know our Savior. We want to know Christ. We cannot represent him if we don't know him. Our goal for this series was to get you to just love the Bible. Fall in love with the Bible. Learn it. Don't just take our word for it, but actually test this. Put it in your life in every aspect, and you'll see the fruit of the Spirit. You'll grow in humility and love and joy and peace and patience. You'll see. You'll see that you'll be like Christ the more and more you meditate on it. So here's what meditating on the Word of God does. Number one, it restores the soul. We've talked about this. It gives wisdom to those who ask, and it rejoices the heart. Here's the last one for you. It enlightens the eyes. We need the Word of God. We need the Word of God. If there's anything that we need in, in our generation today, we need the Word of God. We need to know what it says. We need to know what it says so that our lives could be reflections of Christ. This is how we ch change the world. We don't change the world battering them with the book. We live out the Christian life by being more like Christ. And the only way you get more like Christ is by meditating on the Word. Father, I thank you for your scripture. I thank you for your Word. Lord, I pray that you would give us a hunger that you would give us a thirst. Father, that you would open our hearts to, to want to find this stuff out, to really want to get to know you, not just take everyone, every speaker that comes across the pulpit, but Lord God, that we would get a revelation and get a relationship ourselves through your word, that we would get to know who you are. Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Let's all, let's all stand. Thanks for joining us. And thank you to our Grace family who have been generously giving in to this ministry. For more information about our church, please visit gogracechapel.com and give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram with the same handle at gogracechapel. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.